a couch. Looks comfortable. And it's in space. Cool. Couch in space. Okay. Hello, welcome. Um, I have another good friend of uh, mine here today, Andy Wild. Andy Wild, welcome to space. <coughs> Great view, isn't it? It is. It's uh, it's very vast. Yeah. It's vast. Just like In our conversations. Okay. And Andy is, um, he's been here, there and everywhere and he's got some wonderful stories to tell. Um, I met Andy at TVNZ as well, so we're in the broadcast industry. Uh, but you started in the UK. Yes. Didn't you? I did. Not in the broadcast industry. No, not in the broadcast industry. No. See, this is where it gets very interesting. So tell me, once upon a time in the UK, how did you get started on your career path? And it kind of ended up um, by completely by accident. So my background is <laughs> so I left school. I'm old enough to have left school and served an apprenticeship. Right. Uh, and I worked for a company in the UK called Ferrantes. And Ferrantes were a um, they basically built military equipment as a civilian company. So I oh, I worked wow. in. Um, so I'm from Stockport, which is to the south of Manchester, and in Stockport, Ferrantes had a division, and their division was sonar and simulators. And um, we built the uh, full motion flight simulators for the RAF when oh, okay. they switched from the Hawk, which is the Red Arrow Hawk train, yep. to the thing called the Tacana, which is a prop-driven plane. And we built a thing called the CPT, which is the cockpit procedural trainers and the full motion flight simulators. Now you're allowed to just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this so now? this is a back in, this is back in the 1980s, so this okay. is all kind of well-known. Um, so, uh, and we also did uh, towed array sonar systems, which are basically the sonars are so sensitive they have to be towed two to three kilometers behind the vessel. Right. Um, and we worked on towed array sonars, um, I worked on HVME systems, Hall Vibration Monitoring Equipment. So it was nothing to do with television whatsoever. It was very heavily electronics based. So I've got a um, HND in microelectronics. Um, HND. HND, have no degree. No, so it's a high, okay, a, a, right. a higher national diploma, okay. which is a UK um, qualification. Right. Um, and basically, I did day release from what, nine in the morning till nine at night, once a week for four years, five years, I suppose it would have been. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, doing a day at college, uh, microelectronics, advanced mathematics, physics, all that kind of stuff. Oh my and God. then, uh, and programming. And then, uh, yeah, but then f weird uh, change of fate. Ferrantes fell on hard times, basically. Uh, and they said, hey, do you want to take early retirement at age 21? Um, oh and my the, would you like to kind of appoint for redundancy? <laughs> Uh, and we'll pay you for the, for your whole apprenticeship as well. So I, I kind of took that. I then took an even stranger path. I then went and worked in a foundry as a methods engineer. Oh, jeez. Uh, so which is very dull. So, so what does that do? So a, a methods engineer is somebody who looks at how you cast something. Oh, okay. Uh, and they look for how it will be cast. So there's a method of how you would cast them, so how you pour the hot metal in yes. to stop uh, fractures and to stop imperfections in the cast. And I did, oh, because he's even duller. So I did, uh, <laughs> I did. Oh, oh really? Yeah. yeah. No, tell me more. So I did <laughs> mathematical predictions of castings. <laughs> so, God, it was so Jeez. dull. It was so dull. Sounds dry. But head. fortunately, I did that for seven months, though, maybe even longer, maybe wow. ten. Anyway, uh, but fortunately, um, I was lucky enough to live, obviously, in Manchester. And Granada Television were advertising for technicians. Mm. And I thought, oh. It's got to be better than this. <laughs> so I applied for this uh, this role at Granada TV, and uh, yeah, I kind of 
never looked back from there. I kind of started out as a, as a junior. For the, uh, those people who don't know Granada Television, what's the most famous show that they ever produced? Oh, the Coronation Street. Oh, yes, Coronation Street. I'm afraid Street. it's still ongoing. I mean, I, yeah. So you, you worked on Coronation Street or you were in and around Coronation so Street? It, Coronation Street, believe it or not, were some very early adopters of nonlinear systems. So yes, I worked, right, on, I worked, really? on, um, I worked on Coronation Street for three, <laughs> four years, I suppose, on oh. and off. Um, both on, so I worked in the studios as well. Hmm. So, as people probably are or not aware, I'm not too sure, but there's a, there's a location set. <clears throat> so this is, so this is again back in the um, in the mid '90s now, yeah. early, early to mid '90s, and um, Coronation Street had a, an external set, which is actually was kind of three quarter size. If you look, right. the, the houses weren't full size houses, um, and we also had an internal set, uh, which was basically in a in a very big building. And I worked with the racks engineers there, so the guys yeah. who looked after the cameras and racked everything, and we did all the recordings. And, right. like. and so this is back in the old two for record. So I just wanted to know why a three quarter set? Why did they have three quarter sets? <laughs> uh, cost. Really, basically. just to save money. So it did two things. One, it, it gave cost, but it also gave perspective as okay. well. Um, so I think this the set was built back in the nine, late 50s, early oh, okay. 60s, and I think it, it was a cost-saving exercise possibly. Um, but if you notice in very early, like 1990s, even up, in, up until probably 10 years ago, I'd say, probably less, um, yes. um, when people go to on the sets externally, when they go to walk in, you'll probably see one person go through the door. The door is a little bit smaller than you'd imagine it would to right. be. And, um, the first person goes in, but the second person, there'll be a cut before the second person goes in because those sets are literally like two people deep. You oh. could, if you get two people going in, into that house, they go no further. It's like literally it's a wall that they went into. And the wow. same for the Rover's Return and, and things like that. So, um, <laughs> but that has now been moved mm -hmm. bit by brick right, yeah. from the city centre, which is a place called Key Street, right in the city centre of Manchester. That's been now moved into Media City on the other side of Media City, which is in Salford probably about two, three miles down the road, right, about 5K okay. down the road. Um, and that's, then that's now a full-size set. And so you'll probably notice the later um, Coronation Street sets are a bit more detailed, they're, they're a lot bigger. Uh, they've expanded over the years, even the original Coronation Street set, which was just the Rover's Return Street, right. that expanded and we got like a corner shop and there's also things there. So now that it's so huge and, you know, yeah, worldwide. Yeah, I mean, I mean the, the production behind that is actually relentless. Yeah. Uh, but going back to what I was saying earlier on, they, they adopted very early media composer systems uh, right. back in the New Vista days and we used to kind of record to tape and we took the line out, put from the desk, and we used to record that onto um, a thing called a magma chassis. <laughs> and uh, we then kind of move those drives from the location, from the actual set, and we move it into the main building where we would do the editing. And that was, it was all done local drives across two edit suites. Right, okay. Different blocks, and then it was conformed on a linear suite. Yeah, so it's amazing. Um, I know, so it's, uh, it was good. It was, it was kind of my, my whole first experience of Avid. Um, and when I joined Granada, mm. um, I went more into a technical role. So I looked after, helped, I was a, again a junior, coming through the ranks, I suppose. <clears throat> and I was assigned ultimately into um, uh, PPS, post production services, which basically looked after the edit suites. Right. But I was also struggling the technical support side. So I did changes on the VTR heads like. Um, BBW 75s and right. the 500 Digidex, that sort of thing. But um, literally, another um, production called World in Action, they kind of acquired the um, 
uh, edit suites or the, the media composer edit suites before anybody else in Granada. And uh, my boss at the time, a guy called Derek King, when these systems came on, they were like, well, who's going to look after these non-linear things right, from, from Abbott, you know? Mm -hmm. And Derek says, oh, I'll give it a lad. It'll never catch on. And <laughs> those were literally the words that... And then oh, that was it. I kind, of, I kind of never looked back from there, but I haven't been involved. Oh. Just to fill people in who aren't familiar with what we're just kind of talk about. So early editing systems and... Um, in our facility, we use Avid, and Avid is very well known. A lot of people are using Premiere or Final, Final Cut is what they used to use, but you know, Avid was one of the first ones to you know bring out a non-linear editing system. But yeah, you, you were there from the very beginning. Not quite. So 1989 was the first ever media oh, composer really? system, but yeah. I bumped into my first system in '93. Right. Okay. So pretty pretty early on. But you see, Avid working to its fullest capacity in action on yeah. Granada TV, hey? Yeah, yeah. so that, that was the first, I mean, people are, are very, um, <laughs> when you look at non-linear software now, you literally can download it from the web and you yeah. just start straight away. I mean, these are very early systems relied upon very dedicated I.O. cards that went yes. into it. Um, you couldn't even get full screen. So when you edited inside Media Composer, there was only one resolution. Yes. Um, and it didn't even fill the screen. It was actually a quarter, it was a quarter of the size. It didn't even fill the source and record windows. So it's kind of like a little kind of thumbnail almost. Oh right, yeah. Uh, external drives were gosh, um, we were 500 gig external drives, yeah. which was huge at the time, and, and, and quite physically expensive. Physically, too. yeah, yeah. Mm. So um, yeah, it was very early days. It was very. What is quite surprising is fundamentally the way you edit now with MIDI Composer. Is pretty much identical to what people were doing in 89-90 really. There, right. There's no, you know, the, the interface looks very mm -hmm. familiar. Yeah. Um, you could probably go back and, and edit with Avid One, I think it was called, or yep. something like that. That was, um, yeah, it, it's quite interesting. It's not really changed that much. No. Uh, and, and the main component. Timeline based. It's all yeah. timeline based. Yeah, yeah. Time code, timeline, yeah. I mean, for, for us, Granada Television had two strands to it. We had, um, um, and the AVID systems really kind of first popped up in the um, current affairs program, which yes. is this um, uh, world in action. A guy called Roland Coburn was the was the was the main editor behind that. <clears throat> but we also had a drama department, so things like Cracker and Prime Suspect, which were kind of big dramas, Jewel in the Crown, which kind of everybody knows. Okay. That's another Granada production. Um, all those uh, drama editors were completely based around Steambecks and traditional film yep. film bite. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, they actually didn't adopt Media Composer. They adopted the the opposition, I suppose. To Media 100? No, no, they went to a company called Lightworks. Oh. So Lightworks was PC-based completely. It was a UK company. Um, it fundamentally got bought up many years later by a company called Tektronics and became the profile playout server oh, yes. in between that. But, uh, but there was a thing called Lightworks, which you can now still edit share, I believe, in our own Light, Lightworks software. And, um, really? Yeah. yeah, and Lightworks was, was adopted by, the, um, by a lot of... Um, uh, Drama people, so I said, mm. purely because it had a, a true Steambeck interface. So it had a, a panel where you could uh. scru scrub backwards and forwards. You'd had a big kind of stop button and a mark in <laughs> and a mark out. So because it, it felt more like a Steambeck, people kind of adopted that more. And it was right. PC based. It was horrific. I looked after that for quite some time. But very early versions, you know, you kind of you limped along, and it, it was it was an offline tool. It, yes. it fed the online suites. Um, but yeah, the, you know the the light works, and so the light works fundamentally then turned into a thing called the heavy works as well. But at the time, we were very much split. So, mm -hmm. Coronation Street, um, 
documentary style programs were very much avid orientated. Yes. Whereas the dramas um, were, were the completely light works orientated right, as well. Right. Okay. So yeah. So here you are, a freckled faced uh, <coughs> young lad, and so you, you're starting to make your mark in looking after the avid systems. Mm -hmm. And where does it take you from there on? So from there. Um, Working with a broadcaster, I was lucky enough again that Avid Technology had a support office based in Manchester. Right. And um, because I spent quite a bit of time on the phone to Avid going, uh, can you help me with this? And, you know, um, they said, look, we're looking for an engineer based out of Manchester to go hand in hand with a, a current engineer who was actually a, a guy called Adrian Shepherd, who mm -hmm. was an ex-Yorkshire television engineer. And Yorkshire Television and Granada Television are part of the same group, right. but on different side of the Pennines, as it were. And uh, it was becoming more and more uh, popular, more and more people were adopting these systems. So I basically jumped ship from Granada and, sub and started as a support engineer for Avid, based out of the Manchester office. Yes. I did that for about a year to 18 months, just completely UK-based. And then it was, I was asked if I wanted to become a product specialist, so I then started looking after a product called Express, right. which is a cut-down version of MIDI Composer. Yes. And then I kind of moulded into being a MIDI Composer specialist. Mm -hmm. And then in 1999, uh, the first version of Shared Storage came out, which is a thing called Avid Unity. Mm -hmm. And I became part of, uh, I kind of helped roll that out as well as, as a wider thing. And uh, yeah, so I kind of worked, my life moves in five year cycles. I worked for Avid for about five years, two years as an engineer roughly, and three years as a product specialist for Media Composer and then, then Unity. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I jumped out of there, went working for a reseller, which was, again was great, <laughs> based out of London, uh, but we, had, we set up a Manchester office for them as well. Yes. Uh, but that was a, a much wider um, selection. Oh, I, uh, I also was a product specialist for um, uh, a thing called Avid DS, which was obviously Soft Image DS mm -hmm. before that. Yeah, I worked on that. It's yeah, a, yeah. It was a beautiful tool. It was great, it was fantastic. Yeah. So uh, I, I used to demo that as well at shows and, and, mm. and the like. And um, yeah, I then went working for a company called Tyrell, who are based out of London, um, supplied a lot of the major post houses in London and, and broadcasters, and uh, kind of got exposed to Final Cut, yeah. uh, and a bit more towards Pro Tools as well, and, and um, some uh, early kind of flints and flames from the old um, auto, well, now Autodesk then, yep. um, um, the, the discrete product. Um, so yeah, I kind of, again, five years there. I was a technical director in, in Manchester yeah. for those guys. And then I bailed out of that in to, just, just to become a, um, a freelance. Um, and, and, and over this period of time working at Avid and, and even working at Tyrell, I, was, I, I, I kind of gained a qualification as an Avid instructor, yes. but not just as operational courses, but also as um, engineering courses, so I could teach a lot of those. Right. <clears throat> so Avid took me on as a, as, a, as a freelancer, and I basically started doing what they call big picture sites, which at the time when Interplay, which is a, a, a big production asset management system that mm -hmm. Avid brought out, they were putting that into like to the BBC, uh, and basically I started going uh, traveling the world right. with Avid and helping deploy systems onto site, train engineers both at the Pinewood training office back in the UK as well yeah. as on site, wherever that might be. So, yeah, I kind of worked all over. Did you enjoy that, the traveling? <clears throat> you were unattached I, at that time. I, I was not. I was not attached at the time. Um, <laughs> not, not at that time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Right. But um, yeah, it, it was great, but. You know, after the first couple of years of it, I mean, I did it for oh, far, far, far too long. I did that for like six, seven years. Wow. Okay. And um, towards the last year, it kind of dragged. I mean, I, I was lucky enough, you know, I kind of 
mixed pleasure with with work. So yeah. I was looking that I could go away and work for two weeks, and then I wouldn't work for two weeks. And ah, then I go, okay. Yeah. So it was, you know, I was quite lucky. Um, I also did a regular gig where I um, I spent pretty much two months of the year in Australia. Right. Uh, oh, where nice. I would fly out and, and train a lot of the engineers for mm -hmm. Australasia out, out of uh, Sydney. Yeah, and then then uh, then we did. We, I settled down and had a family, and obviously then dynamics changed somewhat, and I went back working for a reseller in the UK, and then ultimately four years ago, we came out here to New Zealand for TVNZ. Mm. So yeah, flew over through space. Yeah, Canada, teleported. Yeah, teleported. It only yeah. took a couple of seconds to get it into it. Now you mentioned that um, you know you worked very hard, two weeks on, two weeks off, mm. and I know that you. Part of your downtime or your two weeks off is you liked um, mountain climbing, is that right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, it was. So um, Quite an avid mountain climber too, ah, aren't you? Avid. An avid oh, mountain yeah. climber. Uh, yeah, so I, I was lucky, unlucky enough, that one of my close friends from childhood, really, I know yeah. since I was like five, um, we kind of you know, drifted in and out of each other's life, but we bumped in together again when I was saying I was doing my microelectronics. I bumped. I, I lost contact with him when we left primary school. I bumped into him again when I was doing my uh, first year of microelectronics training. and was at this Ferranti company. Uh, he was big into bike racing. He tried to make it into being a, a pro cyclist, like right. Tour de France type thing. Anyway, uh, literally didn't see him again for another couple of years. And then he bumps. He comes back to the UK. I said, oh, I'm, "I'm done with the cycling thing. I'm going to become." Um, uh, I want to become like an outdoor instructor yeah. type thing. Oh, okay. So I started hanging out with him for a bit and we just kind of, we'd climbed a little bit when we, when we were kids. Yeah. Um, just around the UK or did just, you just around the UK. So, so we were really lucky. I mean, we, we, where we live in Manchester, even though it's a very heavy mm -hmm. uh, industrialised place, we are very close to the Peak District, which is kind of like climbing Mecca in, in the oh, UK. Okay. So, right. um, you know, you could, either, you could jump on the train if you didn't have, um, mm -hmm. you should take the bikes, jump on the train, Get the train and cycle somewhere and kind of come back. But um, <laughs> yeah, we so we, we, even though we're in Manchester, we're kind of on the edge of the peak, just we can kind of get to climbing places yeah. relatively easily. Anyway, when we um, we kind of started taking a bit more serious, he started doing a, a course. I started hanging out with him a bit more, and it kind of snowballed up from there. And then mm. we started traveling around Europe, doing a lot of rock climbing. Um, so Spain, France, uh, a little bit in Germany. Oh my god! Um, uh, it then also kind of moulded itself into doing ice climbing as well, so we spent a lot of time in yep. Norway, Scotland, North Wales, obviously very, very easy to get to. Um, and it all got a little bit out of control from there, so we started oh. doing uh, you know, ice climbing, rock climbing. Um, my friend Andy took it to the next level, he became like a professional climber, that's how he made his living as right. an instructor, but he also became very well known for setting some of the hardest uh, mixed ice climbs Right, okay. Uh, in the UK. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and yeah, so I didn't kind of go that far. It wasn't me. I was kind of the guy who was kind of hanging along holding the ropes. But yeah, yeah I've, I've kind of travelled all over, you know, done climbing in the States, uh, climbed in Australia. And I mean, it's a dangerous sport. Do you have any scars? Like, you obviously yeah. haven't lost any fingers uh, through frostbite more, or anything. More like mental that. scars. Mental scars, than, okay. And I've, I've, you know, you, you, I've, I've been very lucky. I've not really. Um, not really broken anything. I've had sprains and injuries, and I've had some oh. very close shaves. Uh, we have had friends who've sadly passed away in some climbs as well. We've actually oh, lost, wow. lost okay. friends who, who've died on, on certain routes. But um, no, I've been I've been lucky slash sensible oh, okay. slash attached to the right person. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So um, 
Yeah, we, so I've not. There's no physical scars, and no, there's nothing. I say me, more mental scars than than, than physical scars. Okay, but, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, great, you know, great, great times. Um, and it was great. It, they were they were the complete opposite. You did like I did relatively high tech, cutting edge stuff. Yeah. One week, and then I was living in a tent. So you had a pretty good work life balance there. Yeah, yeah, no, both it, it, quite it, extreme, I suppose, if you think about it. There were there were complete opposites to each other, mm. which I think was a was a kind of almost a sanity. Right. Um, or or a, a, it kind of gave you that relief. You, you okay. You know. yeah. So, you, I mean, I, I could quite happily probably spend all my time in front of a computer always finding something to do. Mm -hmm. But at that particular time, it was great. It was, it, was, it was a mechanical process. You had to think in a slightly different way. Yeah. Uh, and you could kind of switch off. You were just solely focused on the climbing element of it. Rather, when you're working, particularly in, in post-production, you're kind of worrying about all the different surrounding aspects. Is this going to get here on time? Or have I done this? Mm. Have I done that? So... Yeah, it was great. It was it was complete opposite. It was a, it was a great downtime period. Yeah, um, you know, and we, I we had we had a, a big, you know, it was a, it was odd. I had work colleagues, and then yeah. I had climbing friends, and right. and those two didn't necessarily overlap with each other. They were right, okay. different. So it was it was interesting. Right. It was a different social interaction as well. So why New Zealand? Um, it's a good question, really. So there, there was um, one was uh, the, the opportunity. I rose to kind of live here. I, I'd, I'd worked. Really, did someone try to filth you over? Hey, come on, hey Andy, come so, on. So um, th there was, a, yeah. So basically, TVNZ okay. um, uh, were looking for engineers, uh, and I, I had helped train some of the engineers over here originally. Okay. And uh, I thought, well, you know, why not? I, yeah. You know, it'd be great. So, so I applied for the role, and I was very lucky enough to, to get it as well. And I came over here to help uh, TVNZ deploy their interplay system for the newsroom right. promos, and that's me. Yeah. Um, and I did that for a year, uh, and then shot horror turned freelance again, type thing. So, <laughs> but um, but no, it, it was great. Uh, it's very different here. It's not yes. so New Zealand is um, from a from a work point of view is very different to what I expected. To be oh, honest. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. In a, in a, you know. So I, I mean, I've been lucky enough in my previous life, as it were, with, with Avid. I bumped into a lot of work with you know very big broadcasters around the world, mm. some big post houses like you know Weta and people like that. Yeah. Um, but when you step outside of those, and it's and it's the same about where you go in the world, but when you step outside of those, you know, it's a different skill right. set and it's a different tool set as well that kind yeah. of exists there. So it's been great um, and basically we came here for the lifestyle. Yeah. You, you know, the, I mean the what lifestyle great is, lifestyle it yeah. is too, isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's fantastic. And you can't really, I can't compare Manchester that is landlocked. <laughs> right, literally. yeah. yeah. Also, you know, which, I mean, and big cities, I mean, Europe at the moment has its own problems yeah, and concerns. That's right. And yeah. we're so far removed from that here in New Zealand it's that we're kind of a little bit in a bubble. Yeah. But in, yeah. A, in, in a good way, I think. And, you know, we've got two uh, young children and they, um, you know, they have a great lifestyle. I'm not, I'm not worried about them. Right. Like I would necessarily be in Manchester, as yeah. it were, or, or any, any big city, as it were. You know, where are they? Are they okay? You know, they, they walk to school. Yeah. <laughs> they walk home bare feet from school. Yeah. I like to think. And you know, beach. We, we, we live, you know, we can walk to the, the local beach, mm. we, you know, so I, I can't really, you can't oh. compare, they're, they're completely different. You know, there's, there's some things I do miss about Europe, um, so the convenience and the travel and the, the culture that you can kind of get there, mm. but 
But no, I think that the lifestyle you've got here, it, you can't it's really compare amazing. it. Yeah, yeah you can't compare yeah. it. So it was more the draw of the lifestyle than it was the technology. You know, I'm kind of getting a bit... <laughs> you can't escape the, the technology, though. You know, it, no. it always catches up. I mean, that's what our world is based yeah. on now. And, it, you know, our, our technology is now kind of getting to the point where it, it's, it's kind of shrinking the world yeah you know is, you can totally. work pretty much anywhere you know not only we've got the technology where we can download and, and run the latest version of midi composer on a laptop oh, okay you know yeah. but mm. we can now work remotely from home through a web browser and things like that so, oh, yeah so it'd be no just some exciting times ahead mm. and because we're kind of running out of time yeah, and yeah. i haven't gotten through half my questions so i'm going to have andy back at some stage where we're going to have you know a more in-depth talk about different technologies and things yeah. like that we're living in a very exciting time and um, and he actually occupies some space here at Sunpix. And um, yeah, we talk a lot of shop and um, technology and we're both kind of excited about where it's mm, all heading. Definitely, hey? yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, we'll watch the space. Uh -huh. <laughs> watch the space, Woo. Poppy's not here today. She's at uh, Dog HQ, Doggy Daycare. So hello, Poppy, if you're watching. Thank you, Andy. No worries, It's been thank a pleasure. You. Always a pleasure. I'll have you show. back soon. Indeed. And we'll keep talking. Yes. Yes. Okay. Thank, thank you. you for being here on Couch in Space. Bye. Awesome. Couch in Space.